Hi, and welcome to Cans Across the World, episode 93. And we're joined here by the Burkles Pints. I knew I would ruin it straight away. <laughs> uh, welcome, guys. This is Matt and Joe. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to take it from there? Tell us what Burkles Pints is. Or am I even pronouncing it correctly? Burkles Pints. Burkles Pints. What's my uh, so, Northern accent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Joe are part of a group of filmmakers from Liverpool called Some Guys with a Camera. We produce a range of projects. We're kind of really into dark comedies. So like films that are dark but funny, that they're so ridiculous that they're funny. Um, and our latest project is all about craft beer, which is, I assume, of interest to your listeners. I get the hint. Um, <laughs> and it's about a fictional brewery called Virtuals. And so, yeah, our latest project is all about that. I am the writer and director of the series. And Joe, yeah, you, Joe, you introduce yourself. Uh, I'm the, well, I've got a few things. I've got a, a producer, assistant director, and I'm playing David Bugle on the show. Yeah. Uh, so David Bugle understands like a, a right-wing MP. Um, I imagine like tongue-in-cheek Tory kind of guy. Um, like I was checking out the the Instagram, like it's it's pretty cool the way you are doing it, like an actual election. Um, that was pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, so what what was the inspiration behind like your characters and stuff like that? So it's it's this so this project actually started off as a joke, but so did pretty much everything we've ever done. I feel like the best films start off as oh, imagine if we did like a show where. It was about a brewery. I was yeah. drinking a beer and I just said that. And then the joke started to just circulate from there. I had the title straight away. I don't really know where the title came from. It was just, it should be called Bert. Virtual sounds like a brewery. And thankfully, there's no other breweries that exist, at least not noteworthy ones. So yeah. we had that title. And every time we'd go out drinking, we'd be like, oh, remember Virtual's Pints? Like, imagine if that got made. And then suddenly we're just far too in. And then we're realizing, like, oh my gosh, we're finally getting this passion project off the ground. To be honest, about the characters, we just worked it around. I knew that craft breweries are known for having such eccentric characters about. So we worked out that it was going to be two brothers that are kind of in charge of the brewery. You've got William, who's like very conflicted. Um, he's very anxious. He's very sensitive, but he has to be this dominant leader, you know, like to fight off any rivals or anything and run the business properly. You've got. Um, Thomas, who's his younger brother, he's very off the rails. He does a lot of crime. He does all the dirty work. Joe, if you'd like to talk about your character, David Bugle, because he's possibly my favourite character. Yeah, I was reading about him. Like, uh, well, just anything you have online, I'm just intrigued. <laughs> like, anything, like, because, uh, like, the, the plot, from what I understand, is uh, the Burkles, like, have uh, blackmailed David Bugle. Like, so tell us a bit about that. Do you want to lead on this or do you want me to? Uh, Go ahead, Joe. You know, this is my area of expertise, I suppose. Um, well, I mean, I first remember when Matt came to me with, with David Bugle. Um, I barely met him. We, we'd known each other for about two days because <laughs> I got him and his brother John on my first film, A Background in Belgium. I was making that in my stepmom's shed and they came to me on the second day being like, we're doing this series about craft beer. And we want you to play a uh, imbecilic, blundering Tory MP. 
Um, how do you feel about that? On that same day, I'd, I'd offered him um, a role in like a Shakespeare, adapt, like a scout adaptation of Shakespeare. So I'd given him Shakespeare and in return, I'd gotten David Bugle. Um, <laughs> but he, the, the, the thing about David is he, he's a massive pushover. He's not really... He's, he's nothing like, um, say, David Cameron or something like you'd expect. He's a bit more... He's like a caricature of, say, like your Matt Hancock's and your Boris Johnson's are a bit more stupid and, you know, they're not really... They don't really present themselves very well. He's got a stammer and stuff. So when he gets kidnapped by the Birchall brothers and told, you're going to raise... Or you're going to... Sorry, you're going to cut the beer tax, he, he's not going to say no because... Well, he can't say no because he's 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 a coward. It's so, it's also really funny seeing this pathetic. Sorry, Joe. I'll go ahead. You're right. <laughs> it's really funny seeing this like basically pathetic, overgrown little boy just thrown into the world of craft beer. Like, I mean, Tor like Tory's like David Bugle on exactly the craft beer type, and then he's just kind of plunged into this world around all these like eccentric people, and he doesn't quite know what to do with himself. In one yeah. scene at the pub, he orders a signature lime to cure it, and he gets punched in the face because he has to drink Virgil's. You have to drink <laughs> craft beer around these guys. Amazing. Um, yeah, I always thought that was mental because, like, of, of course, you had like David Cameron. Uh, remember that time he, like, was it he forgot his kid in a pub and drove off? <laughs> like, I think it was like, yes, he did. It, it was like 2006 or something, I guess. Um, and then, like, obviously, like Nigel Farage. Another guy, but he's always like the the paint and the paint and the fag sort of guy. Um, so which what what sort of guy would uh, like David Bugle be? Do you think uh, would it be more like uh, intense, like Farage, or would it be bumbling, kind of like Cameron? He's bumbling. Um, the way I like because I've already started sort of playing him a bit of test footage, and we're going to start shooting a little bit more on the thirtieth. The way I the way I do him is uh, is Matt Hancock, the health secretary. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, David Cameron, Matt Hancock, Boris, like he's a bit of a he is he's bumbling, he's stupid, he's not really competent. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I'm so excited to see it. And of course, like uh, you are crowdfunding at the minute as well. It's Indiegogo.com, and I'm gonna just put the link in the website because I'll, <laughs> I'll mess it up further. Um, so CansAcrossTheWorld.com, we're gonna find this podcast. Uh, you'll find the links to listen to the podcast and also you'll find like their uh, video as well, which has screen tests and also a bit of information about the plot and stuff. Um, but it's going to be on Amazon Prime, guys. How'd you, how'd you wrangle that? That's, in, that's impressive. It's, Fucking hell. I'll let, you in. <laughs> I'll let you in on a little secret. It's a little bit easier to get on it than people think. And Okay. <laughs> yes, you do have to fill in an awful lot of information. But the amazing thing about there's no, there's a lot of not good things about Amazon. Hopefully, they don't take me off for saying that. But um, the great thing about actually, yeah, uh, let me let me just uh, interrupt you there. Actually, a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so so we've now lost that. <laughs> no, sorry, no, they're not actually. <laughs> so it's just the good thing about them is that they are more than willing to support just like short films so two of our short films are on there already um noel which is a christmas film blackbird which is like a gritty crime film set in the 80s we did last year and so yeah and people love a series and 
just having it on Amazon Prime as opposed to YouTube where just any old scally can just come across it and put a dislike button or just share it wherever. Like, yeah, that's not that's not the image we want. And it's just amazing that we discovered that you can get a film or show on Amazon Prime if you are patient enough to do all the paperwork that comes with it. That's impressive. Like, uh, it's just going to launch it the right way. Um, obviously, you got like high quality and uh, available to a much larger audience as well. Because like, I think I, I put like cans across the world stuff in YouTube, and it just like it just goes out into the wilderness and nobody sees it. <laughs> but uh, like with Amazon and stuff like that, that's incredible. Um, pretty cool. But I uh, use our drinking wee beers as well. What what did you bring today? So I've got a classic. I've got a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. So oh, I, my, essentially my story with Virgil's Pints is that it originally started off as being about like an industrial carling type brewery, you know, just like they basically make pits for profit and chuck it out in the pubs. And that was like their image of, oh, selling beer. <laughs> like that was originally it. And then I started to try i'd just been i'd been recommended punk ipa uh brew dogs like signature beer um yeah. and i thought it was amazing and i started to do more research on brew dog and i found out about all these crazy things that they've done behind the scenes brew, the brew dog founders projected themselves naked onto the house of parliament they dropped cats from the sky in the city of <laughs> london they drove a tank up Downing Street or something like that. And I just could, I just found that so much fun. I just thought you're much more likely to get crazy characters from a craft brewery as opposed to an industrial brewery where people might not even know much about the beer they're making. So the way Sierra Nevada, I went on a tangent, the way Sierra Nevada ties into this is because during my research of the founders of BrewDog, they said that they came up with the idea for it whilst drinking uh, Sierra Nevada. So I get my hands on some and I try it. I tried it quite a while ago, so today's only the second time I've had it, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's really lovely. Um, what did you bring, Joe? Um, right, let me just explain that um, I'm a bit <laughs> nans and she doesn't have a lot. Um, so all I've managed to, to scrounge up was a can of a mixed fruits copperberg that was at the back of the fridge. Oh, tasty. Um, oh, you can't is... go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, it takes me back to like year nine. It makes me feel like I'm 15 again. Um, in the park. Yeah. yeah, in the park with your mates. When, when we were younger, we used to drink under a bridge. Like uh, my hometown. <laughs> That's yeah, like something yeah. from a film. <laughs> <laughs> Just under, a, under an actual bridge. It was so creepy. Um, but I, I'm drinking a can of Stormtrooper. Uh, so it's like this Oh, my guy. glass is Stormtrooper. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. What do you think of that? Really, really lovely. Um, it's really like tropical and like fruity and stuff. Uh, I was yeah. surprised because I thought it was just some like really tacky tie-in. I got it as a gift and I just thought it was some tie-in. Oh, because it's Star Wars. We'll just get a pint of whatever and stick Stormtrooper on it for the sake of money and Christmas presents. But no, I, I did enjoy it. I need it to is really... It it is really lovely. Um, that's what I thought as well. Like the first time I tried it, it was like, oh, this is just going to be bin water in a can that looks nice. <laughs> but it's actually really tasty. <laughs> so surprised. Oh, 
suppose if everyone else is drinking Probably. that sort of thing, it's good. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> Dead <laughs> air is a crime. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so a mate of mine, Darren, uh, I was telling him all about you guys and showed him your Indiegogo page and stuff like that. But he says, do you need any more extras? Because he's prepared to come over and drink pints. He's prepared to come over to Liverpool from Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just to drink beer. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> Gladly. I think what we're gonna do with what we're gonna do, yeah, of course he can come. Of course, if he gets in contact with us, I will happily have that. I love Irish people. Um what I will what we're thinking of doing for the show is we don't know. We obviously can't use actual beer because not only would that have everyone falling asleep and laughing throughout the takes, but I think it's illegal. <laughs> so yeah. we're trying to get together like a formula. I think what we've done on past projects is we did a film called Blackbird, which I mentioned a minute ago, that there's a big like port sequence in a pub where all the men like go and start drinking with the big tankards and stuff. And I think we used Shandy for that. And there's a there's a version of Shandy that's 0.5% that you don't even need ID to get. Like, I remember people buying it at school when they were, like, 50 and they thought they were dead hard because they had something that was 0.5%. <laughs> and um, people, yeah, people drank that on the set of the film. So it made them feel like they were at least drinking something at the very least, but you're not going to get, you're not getting smashed off that. So... I mean, it's only going to be 0 0.5, but if your friend wants to be an extra, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I remember, like, we used to buy them all the time. Like, it was a Shandy Bass cam. Um, so, like, your dad would be drinking, like, a like a Tenants or a Carlsberg or whatever, and you'd be drinking this Shandy Bass going, like, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm one of the lads. <laughs> I feel like David Bugle would get shit-faced off just a kind of 0 0.5, though, because he's such a lightweight. Well, there's a scene in, in one of the episodes where he's doing a taste test between Birchills and one of the um, rival breweries. He, do, he, he takes like three sips of Birchills and by the end of the scene, he like, he's, he's stumbling about everywhere and he can't pronounce his words correctly. So he is a bit of a lightweight. Brilliant. There, there is like a... Like, do you ever see the Scottish show, Burniston? Um, one of their sketches has... Uh, like, it's like like 1% cans, but they're like 100 ml or something like this as well. So they're tiny, tiny cans, but you can drink 30 of them and you'll be fine all night. Like everybody's like, oh my God, that's like your 25th can. Like how are you still alive? But uh, it's like, they're like low percentage and yeah. Oh, it's a good oh crack. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was, I was looking through the costumes and stuff as well. They look incredible. There's a... Uh, there's a very 70s vibe. Is that the sort of eerie you're going for? Like a, a fun moving floral hippie kind of vibe? Yeah, so kind of. The the costume that you'll be referring to is belongs to Thomas Birchill, who's the younger brother of the CEO. And uh he's very camp, he's very lively. He always dresses immaculately. I think in the script they describe him as dressing like a mafia boss or something. And obviously they're all into craft beer, but Thomas doesn't drink yet. He's like a craft beer expert, which is what's such a bizarre thing about him. I feel like everything about him is a contradiction. So whilst he doesn't actually drink, he just knows everything about craft beer. And he's obsessed with like this period of like the craft beer because it, it, it was a bit of a boom in the 70s, I think, maybe early 80s. 
And so he dresses like that period. So he would have had heroes that made craft beer in the 70s that he's trying to emulate with his outfits and things. Yeah, that, that's incredible. I think uh, like I'm already rooting for Thomas here. <laughs> Just on dress sense alone. <laughs> like, I want him to do well. <laughs> he's a maverick, definitely. He's like, he's the one who, if you met him in real life, you would hate him, but because it's in a TV show, you're allowed to root along for him with everything horrible that he does. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so yeah, you you also reference like uh, Edgar Wright and stuff as as well. Um, I absolutely love Edgar Wright. I actually watched uh, watched Hot Fuzz recently, but also watched that uh, one out of my head now. Um, but it was a it was a show about like a, it was a, a school. This is a great podcast, by the way. <laughs> me, me trying to remember stuff for the next 20 minutes. Um, but it's like, it's a, it's like a boarding school where there's like a shield gas drilling stuff, but it looks like an Edgar Wright film, but it's not. Um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are still in it. Uh, but it's got all those like quick jump cuts and stuff as well. Um, it's like the, the thing that I was trying to, say was is there going to be that kind of jump cut style to your shooting like in your your video yeah exactly (laughs) it's going to be just really fun i think that was the that was the idea with this project we wanted to make something that was just so fun and just those little experimental like jump cuts and way it flicks between things is something we've um gone with in the past like Edgar Wright has this thing where he makes a really intense like montage just like quick 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 quick, of the most mundane thing like someone getting in a car and he puts like really intense music over it like uh, just to make something so mundane so interesting and that's what we want to try and do with this yeah I feel like you've done that with almost every film you've ever made (laughs) some guys with a camera is just like a YouTube channel of Edgar Wright fanboys you're not wrong at all you're not wrong <laughs> not I a bad thing to be <laughs> no it's not to be honest but so, I think we've had two very different influences on our style when it comes to directing who would yours That's be true. then because for context uh people listening joe's my assistant director for the show um i was his assistant director on a film back in december um a backline in belgium which is like a world war one film it's all in black and white and so the roles have switched now. I'm director, he's assistant director, and this is something completely different to a backline in Belgium. So I'm sure this show's going to be interesting because Joe has a different... How would you explain your your approach? Um, well, I mean, the, like, I'd say where you where you get influenced by, like, Edgar Wright, I think I'd probably get influenced by maybe, like, Robert Eggers, who directed The Lighthouse, um, oh, yeah. or uh, Alfred Hitchcock. So it's more suspenseful stuff. It's more dramatic. Um, I, I try and be, even though even though it'll probably end up coming off pretentious in some of my future projects, I try and be a little <laughs> bit more philosophical with the things that I'm writing my narratives about. I'm more like it. Yeah, I'm a, a sort of, I don't want to like come off dead snotty, but when it comes to me and Matt, I'm the mature one and Matt's the weird, completely like <laughs> psychotic one. He makes all the weird. Um, Can I just say? Yeah, like, yeah. 
Can I just say, I love how I'm literally a, I'm literally doing a philosophy degree, and yet somehow my films are less philosophical than Joe's, who's I don't <laughs> think has studied it. That's, yeah, that's yeah, really like, no, I, I haven't. No, like my next script is basically just a, a PhD dissertation for philosophy. It's like <laughs> it's it's really personal and emotional. I know Matt read everything that's been written of it so far. It's yeah, we we've got like I think as like the two main directors in the group, we've got like a night and day contrast, which I think is really good. I think it gives us variety in, in the projects that we'll be doing in the future. Yeah, I think it is incredible because like, uh, as you say, like if Matt's going a bit too mental, you're the grounded one. Um, like the likes of poster behind me, Star Wars, uh, and the original, like four, five and six, he, like George Lucas, didn't have creative control over absolutely everything. Like there was people around him to go like, oh, you're going a bit too mad there. Calm down. I think it was but his then, wife, wasn't it, that took the film and be like, right, let me let me handle this, and she edited it and made the final cut of A New Hope, which is what got it popular. Yeah, that's it. So it's good to have that sort of yin and yang, um, like someone to, to kind of bounce off and keep you grounded, um, as well as the crazy side coming out as well and, and making it interesting and fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing like it's because I've I've studied philosophy for so long like proper intensely that it just kind of drove me mad and now I don't want to I don't want to put it in the films because you think it would work the opposite way but it's like um when you do it at, when you study it at entry level it's just so interesting and exciting you're like wow like this actually relates to my life and then you get to learning about the most bizarre stuff like I can't even begin to describe some of the things I've, I've studied in philosophy, but it just is, it's unbelievable and it's ridiculous. And sometimes you just want to make a really fun, vibrant show that, to be fair, Virgil's Points does have deeper meaning. Um, it's not exactly as philosophical as Joe's next project, but it definitely has a deeper meaning about like mental health kind of, it's, it's all about togetherness and friendship and how, yeah, you can go through so much utter shit, but your central group of friends are always going to be there and they're always going to help you through what might seem like the worst, which, yeah, that got deep, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's exactly the way the brewing community seems to work. Um especially here in the north of Ireland. Like we, uh, we have like a bunch of breweries, uh, Bull House being one of them. But we were, uh, we were like interviewing them. Um, I think it was like, it was like, oh, it was two years ago. We've been in lockdown for a year. So like, so, so it feels just, like a much- the realization in your eyes there. <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> um, we've lost a year. But uh, so two years ago, uh, we were talking to those guys. Um, they were- infusing bacon with uh, one of their beers and they uh, they were having a bit of trouble so they asked like another brewery for advice and we were just sitting there thinking like oh they must have told you to fuck off because you're the competition <laughs> but but they didn't like the guy drove down and helped them brew um which we thought was incredible that that as you say like uh feeling of togetherness and community uh they're yeah. all looking out for each other, and it's still cool. I've never tried a collaboration beer, but there's one I really want to try. So we're filming the show at uh, Carnival Brewery um, in Liverpool, 
and they did a um, collaboration beer recently with, I think, the biggest brewery in Liverpool, I think I'm correct, Love Lane. And so it's just mm-hmm. amazing because Carnival's the one we're filming at, and I think it's referred to as a microbrewery. It's not obviously enormous. So it's amazing that Love Lane, which is obviously much bigger and quite well known amongst the city, like the fact that they had them help out on a beer that is apparently fantastic. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask what uh, brewery you, you were actually filming at, but that's incredible. Um, so it, it's is it going to be split between pubs and the brewery then, like location-wise, or do you have outdoor shots as well? Do you want to explain, Joe? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, there's barely anything in the script about it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's barely anything in the script that's shot in an actual pub, is there? Like it's it is it's it's a lot there's, of there's bits and there's like you know the stuff in the first episode and things like that. But like I don't know if, if you've watched it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but it's sort of oh, that yeah. sort of like that atmosphere. Yeah. Um it's like it's a it's a mix between it's always sunny in Philadelphia and the mighty bush. Um and but like they've got that they've got the bar, which is like their one central place that they go to more than anywhere else. It's the main set. Uh, the breweries like that for us and um, the stuff in bars and social halls and stuff like that but at the end of the day it always goes back to that brewery which is everywhere with like the place that everyone sort of convenes together for major plot points there's characters who don't even work for the brewery that just hang out there just because of all the people that are also there there's a character who's um like a youtube blogger like influencer and she's just always there just filming stuff and like the the stricter people amongst the brewery just always having a go and they're always messing about so you've got these conflicts you've got all these people that just hang out the brewery yeah there is quite a lot of stuff at bars but yeah it's like they kind of just hang where they make the beer quite a lot yeah that sounds incredible i'm I'm so excited about it because like the more i've read about it and the more i watch the video and stuff like it just seems like such a fun project um and i was like looking through your social media and stuff as well but you've but I had a Christmas album. Like, <laughs> like I was involved in this before I joined. This before I joined. So I'm staying out of this one. Oh, tell me about this. Right. I need to right, let me brief, let me briefly explain where that came from. Um, so this was actually the Christmas album. Um, was like. Yeah, so it was an inside joke for ages. We basically. I'm sure Connor's going to listen to this. So sorry for any hate here Connor I'm sure he'll take it well because he made the bloody thing yeah he made the thing yeah (laughs) so he's he's I think it's fair to say he's quite an eccentric person um he sometimes (laughs) he sometimes deliberately gives off the impression that he's like a pseudo celebrity obviously self-aware but on his social media it says like sir Connor O'Neill by the way, he's playing Thomas Birchall in the show, you know, the one I mentioned earlier, Dressed All Fancy. So that gives oh, you an idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so he, we hadn't, you know how celebrities release like rubbish Christmas albums just to make a few pounds like yeah. every now and again. So we've been, we were saying at Christmas, like in November, oh, when's your Christmas album coming out? Like joking. And then as I mentioned, Birchall's Pints earlier started as a joke. So did this. So we ended up taking off the joke too far. Um, John, my brother, started composing some instrumentals for it. Connor started singing along to it. And it's now on Spotify, TikTok, Apple Music, 
every major Pokemon. That's incredible. But thankfully, some good did come out of it. We did raise £200 for a homeless charity in Liverpool. So while people do have to be put through the misery of listening to it, at least there was a bit of good. Yeah, like it, it's always good to raise money, especially around that time of year as well, um, when it's just the toughest time of year. It's so dark. Um, so to be doing something like that, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fair play. Like I, I love the idea of people putting out Christmas music. Uh, it's my favorite type of music, to be fair. Like, uh, I, I could listen to, like, do you ever hear Ribbon? Uh, Ribbon, like the rock band from like years ago, did a song called Christmas is Awesome. Oh, um, no, but I'll have to put that on my playlist next year. Yeah, it's incredible. It really is. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think like uh, we'll probably just get into like reviewing the beer and wrap up. Um, but yeah, what what do you think about your beer, guys? Like, what would you rate it out of five? <laughs> so yeah, Sierra Nevada, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd. I do think it's a session beer. Like, I wouldn't turn up to a party with a bag of them and go, right, I'm on the Sierra Nevada tonight. But it is just really well made. And I think it's in the sense that sometimes I've watched films that aren't necessarily my sort of thing, but I can appreciate the art behind it. I can't believe how they've made a beer spicy. Like, it's got a spicy aftertaste, and I don't know how on earth you could possibly do that. But, yeah, I, I, I like beers with a lot of hops in them, and this did the job, and I very much enjoyed it. So probably a four out of five. Wait, happy days. What about you, Joe? Well, I mean, it says four percent on the front of the can, but it is essentially just canned fruit juice and um, <laughs> being a copper bag. Because I'm more of a like a whiskey guy. I, I don't really drink beer. I drink like the higher percentage stuff, like anyway, so like shorts and that. Um, so realistically, I was never gonna, you know, taste anything with this. It's it just sort of like. Zazzy water, essentially. <laughs> just um, treacle, sugar water. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just sugar water. Um, I'll give it a two point five because it's got nostalgia. So cool. Um, what what type of whiskey do you drink? I'll do anything. Um, I remember I started um drinking famous grouse when I was about 15, 16. Um, so I was sort of a baptism by fire because that's when I really properly started drinking. Um. <laughs> And then I got into like sort of like well, I, I upgraded to Grants, and then eventually I just got onto JD. Unreal, yeah, it's a it's a classic at JD. Like I I love it, like Bushmills because like Bushmills is just up a road from us, mm. um. So we've been drinking away at that. Uh, my mates always have the nice Bushmills because they're rich, but, but I, I get the, the 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 cheap Bushmills from Tesco's, <laughs> which is good. Um. But yeah, just to just to sum up, then thanks so much uh, for coming on, Chandis. Like you're, like I I can't wait to watch this. Um, but yeah, if you want to check it out, go on to their Indiegogo. All the links and stuff are going to be on cansacrossworld.com. And uh, yeah, like support Burkle's Pints if you can. Virtuals. I'm terrible at this. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The end of the podcast, you finally got it. I don't know. <laughs> For Charles. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's Thank been you. great. Thanks a lot.